0: communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. Today is one of my most favorite days that I get to do with my clients and I am so I say excited but I'm so hyper excited today because I have Mike Garrison here and we are launching his book today can I borrow your car so Mike welcome to the show
2: yeah I'm excited what a long journey it's been up until I met you
1: (laughs) and we're going to talk about that aren't we so that's an interesting title you have, Can I Borrow Your Car? So as we begin today, and and listeners, if you're listening to this, you know, November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and around that spot, well, actually, anytime. But if you're listening in that spot, highly encourage you to go to Amazon, type in Can I Borrow Your Car, Mike? Because sometimes you type in the title, it doesn't show up. But if you put Mike afterwards, uh, the book will show up. And I highly recommend you take a look at it and consider purchasing it today to help Mike out. Now, so Mike, tell us a little bit about what this book is about.
2: So this this book is about my lifelong professional quest to help financial advisors and other business people take the world's best way to grow your business, which everyone knows is referrals, and make it more than hope. Make it practical and make it predictable. The reality is when you take what we know is required for a business person to pay for marketing, if we take that same mindset and we apply it to word of mouth, we not only get better results than with traditional marketing, we also get a better life.
1: I would totally agree with that. Most of my business, not all, but a fair amount of my business comes from two sources, referrals and networking. Referrals and networking probably accounts for about 80% of my business.
2: Absolutely, and when you think about it, you know the vast majority of business is tied in some way to word of mouth, mm-hmm. and it's because of reputation. It's because of like, are people recommended you or not? Does that mean it's perfect for everyone? No,
1: no. But I think everyone, like even e-commerce, you can use referrals for your e-commerce business. I think that model though would be more of you know, more of a marketing strength, you know, in terms of getting the word out there. But there is power in the word of mouth. You know, you're over at your best friend's house and, you know, they're raving about this whatever. You're at least going to check that thing out.
2: Like even for, even for you know, SaaS, software as a service, even for companies like that, that are doing a high volume of transactions, referrals are important. And I've consulted with some of those companies in the past. But mainly giving them insight into the rules that apply to any relationship development process, which yes. is something that I specialize in.
1: There's no doubt about it. So go into more detail about who would, who would specifically benefit from this book.
2: So specifically, if you are in financial services, you know, you're selling... Uh, serious life insurance, you're a financial planner, you're a financial advisor, whether you're with big, big boys like Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch, or you're an independent um registered investment advisor, RIA. This is a book that you should strongly consider. And the reason is is because A, I specialize in your industry and I've worked and helped people in it for the vast majority of my entire career. So you're going to recognize terms, you're going to understand it, you're going to feel comfortable. But secondly, A really good case could be made that there is no better business to go all in on referral marketing than a financial planner, financial advisor. That doesn't mean it's not helpful for other professionals, but the the amount of revenue that's generated by referral and the unique metrics that apply it to financial services, I haven't found anywhere else. Close, but not the same.
1: Now, would you say any um, entrepreneurs who are in the service industries would they benefit from your book?
2: First of all, like I started my referral journey as a copier salesperson. So, if you're in business-to-business sales and you interact with human beings as a part of your sales process, this would book would be, I think, relatively straightforward for you and valuable because that's where I started in outside sales, was B two B equipment sales and that's where I'll always be that's why Larry Levine is such a good friend we share we share a chapter in the past but specifically if you're a realtor tremendous book if you're a mortgage banker if you're a commercial insurance if you're in a business where the average value, of referral. And if you don't know what the meeting is worth, I'm not talking the sale, but the referral meeting, if you don't know what the meeting's worth, you should buy the book. But if if your average meeting is worth at least two to $3,000, you should do it. And and that's why, like my average client that I, in my personal coaching business, their average referral meeting is worth $35,000. The meeting, not the business, the meeting. So most people, when they look at referrals they look at it as kind of like chicken little marketing. You know, an opportunity fell out of the sky, landed on their head, and and here we are. And they don't understand that referral marketing is just like traditional marketing, that there's a sales funnel, and you have to go from who the heck are you to why in the world should I listen to you? Why in the world should I believe you? Why should I meet with you? Now that I'm meeting with you, should I buy? Like you have to follow these natural processes of all marketing, of all sales. And the problem is, When you don't understand the value of the meeting, you have commission breath because you're just there for a sale. And the number one problem with referral marketing, just like all marketing, is you don't have enough at the top of the funnel. And I'm here to tell you this, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, why should I buy this book? I want you to hear me now. There is no other way of marketing that can, with little time and effort, get you a meeting with someone who doesn't want to buy right now, but is an ideal prospect by referral. I can get meetings for myself. I get meetings from my referral partners with ideal prospects that would never interact with them. And that's the power of referrals. Like nobody wants to talk to a financial advisor until they're mad or something went wrong. However, they're always willing to talk with their friend, Kim, who's a great person who owns a, a successful small business?
1: And I think that's you know that's something that people miss out on because, like you said, they're looking for that quick sale, that quick process. And you know, in in my industry, in the publishing industry, in the financial and real estate, you know, all of those types, especially a lot of the service-based industries, like you said, business to business, it takes time. You you've got to nurture them, like you said, through that funnel. And if you don't have enough people at the top of the funnel, guess what? You have no one coming through the bottom of the funnel. And those referrals are the great way to get those introductions that you need. The referral doesn't guarantee a sale. I think, you know, we think of referrals as that warm introduction, that Mm -hmm. hot introduction.
2: We say that. We say that. But the number one problem with referrals is your clients think of referrals as sales meetings for you. They think of it as a deal which means that they don't refer you as much as they should because they are trying to find a customer not an introduction and the vast majority of people that say that referrals are about warm introductions are still operating like a referral is a deal and that's kind of the the challenge is we know that referrals are better but when we don't have a complete system we get out of alignment it's really interesting and I could go on forever, but I'm not going to.
1: So yes, I did send Mike a, a pre-prepared list of questions for him to be ready for today. But I, I'm just going to, let's see if we can stump the chump and uh, I'm going to throw something at him. So Mike, why did you title the book, Can I Borrow Your Car?
2: Well, it, it comes from one of the most amusing public speaking experiences I've ever had. And so uh, back in the day, I used to be a franchise owner for a company called BNI, Business Network International. And you set up referral groups. Um, and one of my um, one of the people in my organization had started a, a beginning chapter of a BNI group in a place called Goud, Virginia, which, by the way, has some of the best sausage ever made. Unbelievable! Every time I drive near Good, I'm like, oh, sausage. But anyways, I walked into this meeting, knowing that I knew no one there except for one person that didn't really like me. So I I knew. And he was kind of the organizer, but I owned the business and he had to put up with me. I walked in, I had on a custom suit. And, I, and when I walked in, it was like a side room at a gas station. I was like, this is not the time I should have been wearing a suit. So I walked in there and a, a bunch of business owners. And on my way in, I noticed this classic car that was immaculate. I walked in and I'm working the room in the beginning. And it's really obvious. Everyone's heard that Mike's a dick. And we don't like him. <laughs> it was like, you ever been in a room where you're like, oh yeah, nobody likes me. They're allowing me to be here. So I got up and I threw out the whole presentation I was going to do. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm here. I got to talk to you. How about if I just don't do a presentation and just ask a couple questions and we'll just go with it? Like you have to listen to me anyways. How's that? And they're like, okay. I said, who owns that really cool classic car? outside one guy does it. i say hey man can i borrow it and he said expletive you <laughs> i go that's what i expected i go why not he goes and he proceed i'm gonna shorten it he proceeded to tell me how much money to put into it how how much time effort and how valuable it was i go well why why wouldn't you let me borrow your car he's like i don't know you heck i don't even like you you know pretty boy in a suit i mean like he told me like i knew it and i i said I said, fair enough. And, like, everybody's laughing at because they're like, ha, 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 I said, let me ask you a question. Like, do you have every single part for that car yet? He goes, no. I go, why not? He goes, some of them aren't even made anymore. I said, we're going into fantasy land now, right? Fantasy land. What if you let me borrow your car? Never happened. I know. I know. I know. What if you let me borrow your car and I brought it back with those parts in boxes because I wouldn't have them installed because I know you want to do it yourself. But what if I found those parts and brought them to you and then had it professionally detailed by a world-famous car detailer to your specifications? What if I brought it back like that? He reached into his pocket, Kim, in the middle of the meeting, took out the keys and said, want to borrow my car? And I said, you shouldn't let me drive it because I'm a knucklehead. But I said, and everything changed. And I said, guys, this is the essence of why most people never get referrals the way they could, because they don't understand that it's about returning the car. I said, flip side, what if I brought it back to you and parked it in the middle of your yard? It was filthy. There were scratches. He goes, I would shoot you in my yard and piss on you while you died. So that's why the book is that. It's like what what people don't understand is the number one reason you're not getting predictable referrals where every year you know ahead that you're going to get every piece of business you need that year from referral and you know exactly who they're going to be. The number one reason is because we don't understand how to manage risk. By the way, that's why I specialize in the books about financial planners. If you're in financial services, I'm going to take one of the things you get paid for how to assess, manage, and communicate risk to your clients. And we're going to turn it into the most effective and fun way you've ever grown your business. Let it not be said that Mike doesn't like impromptu.
1: Well, then let's throw another impromptu at you there. Talk a little bit, because I know this is part of the main theme of the book, obviously, because I helped work on it. Talk about the referral triangle, because I think that would really cement what you know the main part of the, the book is about for those who may be kind of like, okay, I'm not, a, I'm not a financial advisor and I get the books for other people, but talk about that. Cause I think that is one of the essential keys to really understanding, um, you know, the risk factor.
2: So the only caveat I'll say as your career progresses, or if you're in certain um, industries, you may have more people involved, but at its most basic, every referral has the following three elements. You, the salesperson, the other person, your client or your referral source, that's giving you the referral and the prospective client. And we that's the triad. Nothing happens with all, without all three legs of that stool, right? It just doesn't work. And so the reason that example is so powerful is most people don't really think about risk in the process. They're like, hey, referrals, nothing could ever go wrong, but the person with the least risk is the salesperson, right? You're getting the referral, you're having all this time and expense saved for you. You have very little risk. If you do a bad job, you'll lose your client, okay? And it happens, especially when you're not thinking about it. Now, your prospect, they actually have lower risk too, right? you know, maybe they wasted their time and they have to deal with some irritating salesperson, but they're they're not out too much. Who stands to lose the most? The person giving the referral because they've got two relationships at play. And so what I do and what I teach is that when you are in the business of getting predictable referrals, you're in the business of borrowing and returning cars better than you got them. When you make it fun and profitable, right? So for example, Diane Wessing was a, um, she wasn't a client of mine. She was a compatriot in BNI when I was learning all this stuff under Art Raggy up in North Virginia. Diane Wessing was a mortgage broker and she was not a incredible cold caller, but she had to grow her business. And she, thanks to some great training from Art, I'll never forget that. She, whenever she got a referral from a realtor, would almost always come back with a referral from that meeting with the referrals, with the realtor's client for the realtor. And like the comments you would get from realtors like, hold on now, I gave you the referral and you've got one for me from my client? Why didn't they give it to me? And she'd say, I don't know, but I, I just wanted to help out. So when I met with them, I just talked about how great you were and we found somebody else for you to talk to. This is the power of understanding the risk that when you are operating, borrowing the car, protecting the car, all of a sudden you make it fun and profitable.
1: Love it, love it, love it. And we won't tell you anything else because if you want to know more, you have (laughs) to get the book. So today is Mike's book launch. So you are going to want to go to Amazon. Check out, can I put in the search? Can I borrow your car, Mike? Can I borrow (laughs) your car, question mark? And put Mike so that they know who, Which book? Because I mean, obviously, like there's got to be 50 million, but if you don't put in Mike, Amazon doesn't seem to be able to find the book. Be a good human
2: being, buy the book.
1: So, not only am I asking you a favor as an author to authority listener, but I would not be recommending this book unless I truly knew that it was going to help you in your business. And yes, it's geared to financial advisors. But me as a publisher, working with Mike on this book, I have learned so much in my processes and my systems and how do I get referrals. So, you know, I have benefited from this book just from being Mike's publisher and doing all these wonderful interviews with him and getting to ask him all the questions that I want to ask. All right. So this is, again, another question, and then we'll get back to the questions I actually planned on asking you, but... So this is a question. The listeners all know this question. I've asked every guest that's been on the show that's written a book. So might as well ask you as well. What was the good, the bad, and ugly about publishing your book?
2: Before or after I met you? Yeah, it could be both. Okay. So before I met you, it was like I knew what I wanted to write about. I knew the story. I had stuff on my computer. I had been talking to people I knew for over a decade about writing this book. And I was just overwhelmed. It was just too much. Every time that I would go to some, you know, free ebook about publishing your own book, and I'd be, I'd look at it, I just couldn't do it. Like I, I had the material, I knew it was good, but I just couldn't get started. So before, it was just an awful wasteland of lies where I told myself I was going to do something I knew it would benefit. I didn't do it. After I was referred to you by Larry Levine. Go Larry, love you, brother. So honored he wrote the foreword to the book. So honored. Anyways, after I was referred to you from Larry, number one, it was a referral. So I was much more comfortable. Like you were, like I knew you'd helped him with his book. I've enjoyed his book. I've recommended his book. Like so we were, we were able to actually have a real conversation and you were able to do what was really good, which is give me the confidence that you would be my guide through the entire process. And there's been adversity in both of our lives personally. It's We've both been through some tough stuff, you know, hurricane, deaths and family, sicknesses, stuff like that. But because of your system, it's like project management, right? And that's, I'm not dumbing it down, but everything's organized. And when I saw how you guys have thought about every single step of it, I was able to relax and I was able to, I have enjoyed writing the book. I have enjoyed this entire process. And most importantly, the only ugly Was this process of writing this book for me was very emotionally cathartic, very releasing. So I, it's some of the unpleasantness has been getting in on some personal development issues, things about my past. At the end, I'm a better person. Like literally working with you, Kim, and your team has helped me to become more of who I've always felt I should be Mm -hmm. than I've been in 14 years. so sweet. (laughs) So like all I say to you is like if you're if you're listening to this and you're you want to write a book about your business, you got a story to talk about business, you're a fool if you don't talk to Kim. That's the nicest thing I can say. I can I can say more, but maybe you should call me.
1: You know, one of the things we teach in authority marketing is using your book, but people think I have to wait till the book's published to use it, but you've already been using your book. So talk about some of the results that you've gotten before the book was even published.
2: So I'm going to, I'm going to, I I'm actually going to take it a slightly different way. You ready? Not ready. One of my favorite questions when I'm working with financial planners, like my ideal coaching consulting clients is like, do you have one yourself? Like, like, do you have a financial plan? Right. And they're like, most of the time, no. And I don't ask them why, because I know why, because they're overwhelmed. And how do you answer it when clients ask you if you have one? Like, wouldn't you want to have a better answer? I said, what will happen after you even start working on your financial plan? They're like, I'll talk about it. And so that's, the, so for me, this, that this, I don't think this happens as much if you're just doing it on your own, which is fine. I guess you could do that. It's, makes no sense to me, right? I'd rather hire a guide and and know when it's gonna get done. But the second we started the process, Kim, I knew the book was gonna be published. And I started talking, A, to all my clients about the book. right? I started interacting with other people about it. But here's the other thing. Say you're maybe a 50 plus year old business professional, that's wanted to really write a book, certainly I hope you're younger. But if you're somebody similar to me and you've got all of these things you do, you've got these systems, these processes, the way you help people. The second we started writing it all out, I was able to evaluate how I help my clients at a very profound way. And I brought on my biggest client to date simply because as a result of that external look, being able to step back and look at my processes, I improved how I communicated. And the other thing, this is how it's going to benefit you during the process. Like, you're crazy if you don't hire Kim and have everything taken care of. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Like, if you are a a good business professional, you're going to start thinking about, well, what do I do now that I know the book will be done? How am I going to use it? How am I going to leverage it? Who am I going to like? You're going to move from hope to strategy. Just like with referrals, after you read, can I borrow your car?
1: <laughs> Get it on Amazon. Is that, that and, and would you say that your own
2: writing improved through this process? I hadn't thought about that. Um, I I really don't see how it could not have. Um, nobody said I it's better. So, but <laughs> you know, like here's the deal: like journaling is scientifically proven to improve both how you feel and also how you think. And and the process of doing this book, like from a cognitive scientific basis, it's reinforced positive pathways in my neural synapses and decreased some of the negative ones that are associated with failing to write a book. I don't see how I couldn't be a better writer. I do know that we're going to be working on the second book. I talked to the business partner about that last week. So... He natural words, Kim. He goes, you know, we're gonna have to write a book. I'm like, we're gonna have to go talk to Kim. That's what we're gonna have to do. I'm not interested in writing the book on my own. I've done it. No thank you. And he's like, okay, we'll talk to Kim.
1: So what would you say to that person who's listening to this right now and they're in a similar situation to you? They know they need to write their
2: book. What would you say to them? At the risk of giving away the farm on future stuff I'm going to be doing, I updated my little LinkedIn blurb to guides make life better. And so if you're writing a book to help other people, why would you not work with a guide to help you write the book? And I, I just want you to think about that. You're going to pay Kim not very much money. like I think it's well-priced, but when you really think about what could happen if you listen to a tenth of what she talks about on this podcast and in her book like the money's not the object so the reality is this what would i do if, if i was in that position if you live in nova scotia i would go have coffee with her, right because like that i've never met you in person when i do big hug i know your back's bad so i'm going to be restrained i promise <laughs> be a big, like, I'm, I'm a hugger and it's going to be it'll be intense but you'll be all right but I would encourage you to call her, look her up on LinkedIn and talk to her because here's the problem. You're not going to understand what Kim and her team brings to you unless you talk to them. I promise you that you will enjoy speaking to Kim, that it will be a safe place, that will be respectful. She is a professional. And if she thinks that you've got a real book that could be beneficial, she is going to ask you to do business because after all, like... She makes money when you make money. And so that, that like, just make the call. And then the other thing is this, and this is like, it's not buyer's remorse when you work with somebody like Kim, but you're going to be attacked. You're going to be attacked mentally and spiritually by other people and other things that tell you you're not worth it. And that is a lie. It's simply a lie. Your story, whoever you are, wherever you are, your story is worth telling.
1: Yes. I agree. I yeah. so agree. All right. One last question for you. People have been listening to this. I'm sure they're going to go buy the book. So shameless plug, buy the book today, please help Mike out. Even if it's a couple of days later, buy the book, help Mike out. If you really enjoyed this podcast, but if people want to get more training from you, you know, beyond the book, cause the book is amazing, but there's always something too about talking to the person and accessing their other trainings. How can people connect with you?
2: So you can go to www.caniborrowyourcar.com, which is the the website for the book. On there, you can sign up for a newsletter. I do a weekly referral-based Can I Borrow Your Car newsletter. Currently, that newsletter is on LinkedIn. I think I've got over 100 articles on LinkedIn on referrals and stuff. So you can check it out there. But um, I would sign up for the newsletter. And if you want to talk to me, send me an email through the website or direct message me on LinkedIn, you know, I interact with all kinds of people on LinkedIn, from high end financial advisors that run 200 person firms, to parents of kids with autism and trying to figure out what to do, you know, but at the end of the day, don't ask yourself, can referrals work for me? Ask yourself, what would your life be like if you got all the business you needed by referral. And I want you to just think about that. It's not just the financial aspect. There is something really beautiful about knowing that you not only get all the business you need because other people value you, it's really powerful to know that you have a written system that guarantees that will continue to happen. You're worth it. I mean, I would say to you, like if you're already getting referrals, You can do all kinds of other marketing if you want to. Hey, everybody's got to have a hobby. Mine's fly fishing, not buying traditional marketing. But like, like if you want to buy ads, great. I don't care. It's If they work, that's the only thing I care about. But I just want you to think about if you're a financial advisor, if you're a salesperson selling copiers like I was, what would it be like if you not only got what you needed, but you got everything you wanted in business by word of mouth? What would that mean in your life? How would that affect other relationships? How would that impact your family, your community, this world? A question I always ask, this is a little weird plug. You ready, Kim? I'm ready. I always ask people when they say they want to be 100% by referral, I said, do you buy that way? Do you buy by referral? And it's it's a question It's harder than it used to be. I'm old because of Amazon and other places like that. But like, how often do you, when you have an option, do you go buy from a human being, from someone who's local? And I will ask like, Say you buy from Amazon, financial advisors, have you ever gotten a referral from Amazon? And the answer is you never will. Like buy your meat from the local butcher shop. At the very least, it's going to be better for you. But every relationship that you can create through purchasing things that you already want is an opportunity to find the right person to get lots of referrals.
1: Yeah. You know, since we had started these conversations, I've actually made it a focus. Well, I actually was doing it before it, but I've made it a focus to shop more local whenever possible. You know, I've lived in somewhat rural communities. So there are times that I just, I can't get what I need. So, you know, it's the staples, it's the Amazon, it's those things. But um, wherever possible, I do prefer to buy local. And I, and I will, and I go into the stores and I, I talk to the people, right? And you get to know the owners and they get to know you. And because you never know where that referral is going to come from. Okay. Yeah. With your system, you know, the referrals are going to come, but there are times when you're just, you know, being out, being local, being friendly, supporting local business.
2: I'm curious. Like, so surprise referrals are always going to happen, but they shouldn't be the foundation for your future. My system yes. is... Let's be predictable with what you need because I can show you how to do it so that when the surprises come in, it's like, oh wait, there's another piece of pie? You should there's have. the
1: icing on the cake.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's extra thick. Why is the world's best known marketing secret? Why is the greatest way to grow your business the most accidental? It's not sure. the way we designed. Look at Luke 10. It's not the way we were designed.
1: Wow, Mike, this has been amazing. And I am so proud of you and congratulations on the launch of your book. And so one more shameless plug before we go, go buy the book. Can I borrow your car? Mike Garrison, G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. And I guarantee you that first of all, it's going to be priced very low today. So it will not be costly to you but the, the value that you'll get from this book. You know, you're you're going to be chewing. This, this book is like a good piece of meat. You're going to read it and you're going to chew on that thing and you're going to think about it and you're going to be inspired to do things differently and you're going to be surprised by the results you get. Yeah. So Mike, do you have one final word before we end today's podcast on your book launch day?
2: I have a big thank you to you, Kim, this past year has been one of the best years of my life. Thanks to you. Oh,
1: you're so sweet. Well, everyone. So here's the other thing you can do. If you know someone who is a financial advisor, can you share this episode to them? Send them that email, send them that text, you know, author to authority, tell them the name of the episode. And just share this episode out, especially with all your financial advisor friends, because they are going to thank you for the referral of getting the book. So this has been Mike Garrison and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now.
0: You've been been listening listening to the the Author to Authority Authority Podcast. podcast the extraordinary word ninja Kim Thompson Pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business and many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages we hope you've enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.